0: Chapter 16 of the hour of the dragon by Robert E. Howard this LibriVox recording is in the public domain Chapter 16 black walled Kehemi The venturer swept southward like a living thing Her oars pulled now by free and willing hands She had been transformed from a peaceful trader. Into a war galley, in so far as the transformation was possible, men sat at the benches now with swords at their sides and gilded helmets on their kinky heads. Shields were hung along the rails, and sheafs of spears, bows, and arrows adorned the mast. Even the elements seemed to work for Conan now. The broad purple sail bellied to a stiff breeze that held day by day, needing little aid from the oars. But, though Conan kept a man on the masthead day and night, they did not sight a long low black galley fleeing southward ahead of them. Day by day the blue waters rolled empty to their view, broken only by fishing craft, which fled like frightened birds before them at sight of the shields hung along the rail. The season for trading was practically over for the year, and they sighted no other ships when the lookout did sight a sail it was to the north not the south far on the skyline behind them appeared a racing galley with full spread of purple sail the blacks urged conan to turn and plunder it but he shook his head somewhere south of him a slim black galley was racing toward the ports of stygia that night before darkness shut down the lookout's last glimpse showed him the racing galley on the horizon And at dawn it was still hanging on their tail afar off tiny in the distance Conan wondered if it was following him though He could think of no logical reason for such a supposition, but he paid little heed Each day that carried him farther southward filled him with fiercer impatience Doubts never assailed him as he believed in the rise and set of the Sun He believed the priest of set had stolen the heart of Aramon And where would a priest of Set carry it but to Stygia? The blacks sensed his eagerness and toiled, as they had never toiled under the lash, though ignorant of his goal. They anticipated a red career of pillage and plunder and were content. The men of the Southern Isles knew no other trade, and the Kushites of the crew joined wholeheartedly in the prospect of looting their own people with the callousness of their race. Blood ties meant little. A victorious chieftain and personal gain, everything. Soon the character of the coastline changed. No longer they sailed past steep cliffs with blue hills marching behind him. Now the shore was the edge of broad meadowlands, which barely rose above the water's edge and swept away and away into the hazy distance. Here were few harbors and fewer ports, But the green plain was dotted with the cities of the shemites green sea lapping the rim of the green plains and the ziggurats of the cities gleaming whitely in the sun some small in the distance through the grazing lands moved the herds of cattle and squat broad riders with cylindrical helmets and curled blue-black beards with bows in their hands this was the shore of the lands of shem where there was no law, save as each city-state could enforce its own. Far to the eastward, Conan knew, the Meadowlands gave way to desert, where there were no cities, and the nomadic tribes roamed unhindered. Still, as they plied southward, past the changeless panorama of city-dotted Meadowland, at last the scenery again began to alter. Clumps of tamarind appeared the palm groves grew denser the shoreline became more broken a marching rampart of green fronds and trees and behind them rose bare sandy hills streams poured into the sea and along their moist banks vegetation grew thick and of vast variety so at last they passed the mouth of a broad river that mingled its flow with the ocean and saw the great black walls and towers of kehemi rise against the southern horizon the river was the styx the real border of stygia kehemi was stygia's greatest port and at that time her most important city the king dwelt at more ancient luxor but in kehemi reigned the priestcraft though men said the center of their dark religion lay far inland in a mysterious deserted city near the bank of the styx this river springing from some nameless source far in the unknown land south of stygia ran northward for a thousand miles before it turned and flowed westward for some hundreds of miles to empty at last into the ocean the venturer showed no lights stole past the port in the night and before dawn discovered her, anchored in a small bay a few miles south of the city. It was surrounded by marsh, a green tangle of mangroves, palms, and lianas, swarming with crocodiles and serpents. Discovery was extremely unlikely. Conan knew the place of old. He had hidden there before in his corsair days. As they slid silently past the city, whose great black bastions rose on the jutting prongs of land which locked the harbour, torches gleamed and smouldered luridly, and to their ears came the low thunder of drums. The port was not crowded with ships, as were the harbours of Argos. The Stygians did not base their glory and power upon ships and fleets. Trading vessels and war galleys, indeed, they had, but not in proportion to their inland strength. Many of their craft plied up and down the Great River rather than along the sea-coasts. The Stygians were an ancient race, a dark, inscrutable people, powerful and merciless. Long ago their rule had stretched far north of the Styx, beyond the meadowlands of Shem, and into the fertile uplands now inhabited by the peoples of Koth and Ophir and Argos. Their borders had marched with those of ancient Acheron, but Acheron had fallen and the barbaric ancestors of the Hyborians had swept southward in wolf-skins and horn-helmets, driving the ancient rulers of the land before them. The Stygians had not forgotten. All day the Venturer lay at anchor in the tiny bay, walled in with green branches and tangled vines, through which flitted gray-plumed harsh-voiced birds, and among which glided bright scaled silent reptiles. Towards sundown, a small boat crept out and down along the river, seeking and finding that which Conan desired a Stygian fisherman in his shallow, flat-prowed boat. They brought him to the deck of the venturer, a tall, dark, rangely-built man, ashen with fear of his captors, who were ogres of that coast. He was naked except for his silken breeks, for, like the Hyrcanians, Even the commoners and slaves of Stygia wore silk and in his boat was a wide mantle such as these Fishermen flung about their shoulders against the chill of the night. He fell to his knees before Conan expecting torture and death Stand on your legs man and quit trembling said the Cimmerian impatiently who found it difficult to understand abject terror You won't be harmed tell me but this has a galley, a black racing galley, returned from Argos, put into Kahemi within the last few days?' "'Aye, my lord,' answered the fisherman, "'only yesterday at dawn the priest to Utathemes returned from a voyage far to the north. Men say he has been to Mesantia.' "'What did he bring from Mesantia?' "'Alas, my lord, I know not—' "'Why did he go to Mesantia?' demanded Conan. "'Nay, my lord, I am but a common man. Uh, who am i to know the minds of the priests of set i can only speak what i have seen and what i have heard men whisper along the wharves men say that news of great import came southward though of what none knows and it is well known that the lord to utter put off in his black galley in great haste now he is returned but what he did in argos or what cargo he brought back none knows not even the seamen who manned his galley men say that he has opposed thoth amon who is the master of all priests of set and dwells in luxor and that to utter themes seeks hidden power to overthrow the great one but who am i to say when priests war with one another a common man can but lie on his belly and hope neither treads upon him conan snarled in nervous exasperation at this servile philosophy and turned to his men i am going alone into kehemi to find this thief to utter themes keep this man prisoner but see that you do him no harm crom's devil stop your yowling do you think we can sail into the harbor and take the city by storm i must go alone silencing the clamor of protests he doffed his own garments and donned the prisoner's silk breeches and sandals and the band from the man's hair but scorned the short fisherman's knife the common men of Stygia were not allowed to wear swords, and the mantle was not voluminous enough to hide the Cimmerian's long blade, but Conan buckled to his hip a ganata knife, a weapon borne by the fierce desert men who dwelt to the south of the Stygians, a broad, heavy, slightly curved blade of fine steel, edged like a razor and long enough to dismember a man. Then, leaving the Stygian guarded by the corsairs, conan climbed into the fisher's boat wait for me until dawn he said if i haven't come then i'll never come so hasten southward to your own homes as he clambered over the rail they set up a doleful wail at his going until he thrust his head back into sight to curse them into silence then dropping into the boat he grasped the oars and sent the tiny craft shooting over the waves more swiftly than its owner had ever propelled it end of chapter sixteen